This is Better Benefits, a podcast from the team at Brella Insurance. We're talking about how to use employee benefits to build a world where health hardships don't create financial burdens. If you're a broker or employer looking for fresh ideas and new products employees will actually use, this show's for you. Hi there, I'm Laura Cave, Head of Marketing here at Brella, and this is Better Benefits, episode number 29. With us today, we have Aman Magoon. He's Head of Product at Naya, a company that's changing the way employees make benefit decisions. I'm so excited to have Aman with us today because we know that engaging and educating employees during open enrollment is one of the biggest challenges employers face with their benefit programs. Just to put some numbers around that, Naya reports that 81% of consumers find the process of picking insurance to be very stressful, and over one in four actually regret the benefit choices that they make. You know, benefits are such a big investment for employers, particularly the health benefit. And brokers spend so much time fine-tuning the benefits package, but it's a whole different effort to effectively engage and educate employees so that they can take advantage of the coverage that's being offered. And this year, on top of our usual benefit literacy challenges, I'm wondering how open enrollment is going to work with so many teams still working partially or entirely remote. These group meetings and one-on-one benefits counseling sessions are going to have to be adapted to our new workplace realities. But you know, I'm also wondering if there's an opportunity to capture employees' attention as many of them have a renewed focus on health coverage because of the pandemic. And you know, Naya has developed a really interesting enrollment support platform that's designed to make it easier for employees to choose and use their benefits. So without further ado, let's introduce Amon and let him tell us all about it. Amon joined the founding team of Naya as head of product in June of 2020 and has helped define the company's product vision to end the financial hardship millions of Americans face when managing their health and well-being. Prior to joining Naya, Amon worked in product roles within the ad tech, insurance, and financial services industries. He currently lives in New York City, and he studied at the George Washington University. Amon, it's great to have you with us. Laura, thank you so much. Great to be here. So tell us a bit about your professional journey. Get us situated as far as how you became passionate about insurance and technology and how you came to be part of the founding team at Naya. Yeah, uh, it's a great question. So I started my career out in management consulting. So I went to school in the Washington, D.C. metro area and a natural kind of next step for those of us who grew up in the, in, in the district is to go into either working for the government or, or working uh, at the government. And so I actually spent the first couple of years of my career as a consultant to the government. Uh, my first project was actually with Uh, the Department of Veterans Affairs kind of during that scandal of 2014, where there was some scheduling mishaps that resulted in the tragic and untimely passing of some of our beloved veterans. And so my early passion for solving challenges within healthcare kind of stemmed from that, that first experience. So I spent a couple of years consulting across a variety of different federal government agencies, and then ultimately moved on to consulting private organizations, so large financial services companies and insurance companies, specifically around their data business intelligence programs. And then I realized that 
as a consultant, my impact really was was not meant to be scalable. Yeah, as a consultant, you're you're meant to to generate revenue for your firm based on billable hours. And my personal ethos was one where I wanted to spend time building one product that could infinitely scale. And so that's when I left my career in consulting and joined an advertising technology company in uh, in New York City called LiveRamp. And I was building product for advertisers. I was helping large brands and retailers deliver programmatic ads to their audiences on the internet, uh, on platforms like Google and Facebook, using the world of data and the world of the third-party cookie to power very personalized ads for everyday consumers. So Laura, when you go into Banana Republic, for instance, and buy a shirt at Banana Republic and Banana Republic wants to target you on the internet, they would use some of the technology that I was working on at LiveRamp to, to target you and people like you. And so I learned a lot of really great product lessons at LiveRamp. And I learned a lot about how advertisers personalized experiences for people to get them to transact. And that ultimately helped me in a lot of ways craft some of the vision uh, here at Naya. And so I'm, I'm happy to talk about that. But I actually learned about Naya through uh, a sibling. So my brother is the, the co-founder of the company and him and I spent basically our childhood, you know, just with the ambition of being entrepreneurs together one day and specifically technology entrepreneurs. So when the company was uh, in its early stages, he, he invited me to join him and then our co-founder and, and the rest was history. That's amazing. So this is really like a, a childhood dream fulfilled to, to be here in this position. I love what you said. Well, I was just going to say, I love what you said about your experience at the very beginning of your career, understanding the way that technology and healthcare can really impact people's lives. Sometimes when we're looking at policy details or we're looking at rates or we're dealing with big batches of data, it can be easy to be detached from the implications of what that means for the member, for the patient and what they feel, especially when they're in a, a vulnerable situation of being hurt or injured or or something like that. And so it sounds like you you got that very early in your career. And then you got this sophisticated product experience of understanding personalization. So it's so cool that like you're now in a company that's bringing those two passions together. Yeah, you're, uh, you're absolutely right. And when you play back the story, it sounds like it was, it was meant to be from the beginning in a lot of ways. And, you know, my early experience helped me build a lot of empathy for the overall problems that the healthcare machine and complex in the, in the United States is, is riddled with. So starting with that experience working with the Department of, of Veterans Affairs and then also helping launch the, the ACA's exchange um, around that time as well, just helped me realize the breadth of that healthcare complex and also the, the depth of some of the challenges. And then I, I feel like the each incremental step in my career has just helped me get more clarity on on where I could be most impactful. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up the problems because that's where I wanted to dig in next with you. There's obviously a lot of work to be done across the, across the entire ecosystem of healthcare and insurance. I wonder if you could unpack for us a little bit the problems that you're focused on solving with Naya, maybe first for the employer and then second for the employee. Sure. So... Employers have been distributing benefits to their employees since World War II. It was initially meant to be a way to kind of skirt some of the, the wage caps that the government had, had implemented at the time. And since then, you know, employers have played this very, very fundamental role in, in the distribution of health insurance to, to everyday employees. And specifically when you know, we were architecting the product vision for, for NIA, we realized that 
employers face a lot of challenges around helping their employees understand which benefits makes make most sense to them. The you know you talked about that that statistic of of eighty one percent of employees are intimidated by the benefits selection process. And beyond that eighty one percent number, there's hard dollars and cents that you know are a result of you know bad decision making during that open enrollment process. Uh, and so specifically for employers, we help them in a number of different ways. Uh, the first is is by responsibly steering employees that perhaps could benefit from lower premiums and and higher savings and, and an HSA into a higher deductible health plan, for instance, and then guiding them throughout the year on how to use that. And then the, the second way we help employers is by reducing the overall burden of having to educate employees on these very complex and technical subject matters, which which are benefits. And so I think the combination of that hard ROI savings as well as the 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 benefits of reducing the admin burden and then also helping the employee understand the value of their benefits are all things that employers really like about NIA, specifically during the benefits election process. We also then built a product experience that helps the employee understand how all of their benefits work in unison. So at every, at any given point in the year, the employee is making a number of you know complex decisions around which doctors to visit, where they get their pharmacy drugs dispensed, how to help their children uh, maintain a happy and healthy life, how much to contribute to an HSA, for instance. All these complex decisions, you know, have this certain interplay that that our platform helps guide the employee ultimately to uh, making the right decision, which uh, which over time impacts the employer and in, in, in terms of reducing claims costs and and ongoing expenses. That's awesome. I mean, I can really appreciate the power of that, especially as many employees are moving toward a more high deductible model. And then they're using outside tools like an HSA or maybe a supplemental plan like Brella. But you have to see those things working together to get comfort for a lot of folks around that high deductible. And so seeing that big picture, I think, must be really powerful. Yeah. And I think one of the things that you know early on started to differentiate the way we viewed decision support from some of the incumbents in the space was this fundamental belief that benefits are a portfolio, just like your financial portfolio might look and feel right. You wanted to diversify your financial portfolio with some short-term investments, some longer-term investments, some investments for your retirement. And we view an employee's benefits decisions as a portfolio as well, where you want to have some short-term health-related expense protection you want some catastrophic income protection in the form of a voluntary benefit, potentially through Brella. And then you also want to save for the future through an HSA or a 401k, for instance. And so uh, I think that that view of your benefits being a portfolio and a bundle and making a recommendation that took into account all the very complex interplays between each of those products was something that employees were just unable to do on their own in most cases. And so we think that there's a world in which employers wouldn't consider offering benefits to their employees without some sort of decision support that helps and guides them throughout the process. That's really the, the, the world we envision. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about how Naya's solution works exactly. Sure. So we have two products. The first is called Choose. And Choose is the decision support platform that helps employees make decisions around uh, any sort of plan election process. And the way that works is Naya will typically live within the benefits administration platform that the employee is already enrolling in. So they'll log into their Ben admin, you know, using the credentials that 
they would in any other year, except now Naya will be kind of the, the landing page experience. And we power that experience through integrations that we have with the Ben Admin. The employee will go through a brief process of about eight questions, which are powered by a lot of integrations that we've formed with other third parties to enrich that experience for the employee. So as an example, we built integrations. We spent about 18 months building integrations with 92% of the, the major medical carriers in the United States so that employees could, during the process of, of going through the election process, the, the benefits election process, understand exactly how much they've spent towards their deductible in that point in time. In other words, understand how much of a power user they are of benefits prior to enrolling in benefits in the, in the next year. So uh, there's you know an eight-question process, which is enriched with all of this data about the employee that you know helps us build trust and influence at the end of that experience. They get a recommendation on, again, that bundle of benefits they should enroll in. And once they've you know, familiarized themselves with the why behind the recommendations, they can then simply click next and all those recommended plans are pre-selected for the employee on the Ben Admin and, and they're off to the races. So that's how our, our Choose product works. And then our Use product is then distributed to the employee when those benefits are effective. So imagine an open enrollment on October 1st. Naya's Use product will launch that employee on on January 1st, and it's available as a mobile app, as well as a web app as well. And is the use product then connecting them with plan information, physician choices, things like that? So the use product was is one that's really near and dear to my heart, because I think for a long time, care navigation companies, point solutions, carve-out vendors, for instance, were so focused on these really upmarket employers that were self-insured and had a vested interest in managing the costs and the kind of care journeys of their employees for the, the very obvious financial reasons. And when we were thinking about building Naya, we really wanted a solution that scaled both upmarket and downmarket. Uh, and we also wanted a platform that was personal and relevant and actionable to the employee. And after studying kind of the competitive landscape, we realized that there was no platform that was using an employee's actual claims experience to power insights and guidance that employee throughout the year. In other words, platforms were looking at personas of people and making general general suggestions on how they should proceed with their health and their well-being, whereas Naya uses specific claims data down to the employee level. So one of the things we do is we'll look at the past and ongoing claims data for a particular employee and then study that and give proactive guidance on what they could have done better or what they should be doing in the future. An example would be if I, for instance, visited a out-of-network provider for an orthopedic visit because I sprained my ankle, for instance, Naya will identify the fact that I went to an out-of-network provider, send me a push notification to my device to say, hey, the next time you need an orthopedist, here are three other doctors within your zip code that look and feel exactly like that doctor that you went to that was out of network. And so we're constantly providing this very relevant and and actionable guidance to the employee based on things that they have or have not done. Awesome. That's great. So you started this company in the midst of 2020, which is very interesting time. So I'm wondering if you can talk to us a little bit about the impact of the pandemic on the founding of the company and, and what you've kind of learned over the past 15 months? Yeah. You know, they were, un- they were unprecedented times where, you know, many of us didn't know what the future of work would look like, much less what the future of work at a startup 
uh, an early stage startup would look like. And so, you know, in the early days, there was a lot of uncertainty. But as time progressed, we realized that COVID had really identified or helped employers identify the need for this sort of benefits engagement and decision support. So in a lot of ways, COVID provided us with, with the tailwinds and accelerated what we had already identified as, as an existing trend. So in, in a lot of ways, it was kind of like the proliferation of Zoom or proliferation of other teleconference teleconferencing platforms where COVID actually accelerated kind of some of the trends that were already taking place. And so one of the things we learned was the importance of, of technology and the kind of paradigm shift that needed to take place so that employers could continue to do what they were doing in, in a very distributed kind of workforce where not, people weren't able to attend face-to-face meetings with enrollers, for instance, or they weren't able to go to the doctor for an elective visit or a non-COVID-related visit, so they needed telemedicine, for instance. And so COVID really, I would say, accelerated a lot of the existing trends and in a lot of ways was a, was a tailwind for us despite overall being a very tragic and, and unfortunate um, thing that we're all still going through. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we we spoke a little bit about this earlier, but for any you know brokers or employers who might be listening, I'm curious if there are any pointers or, or tips you can share with them about effectively engaging employees now that these you know winds of change have, have come through and we're more comfortable in a virtual setting. Totally. I think I want to answer that question in maybe two parts. I think first and foremost, brokers and employers are now more than ever before seeing the value of the voluntary benefit. I think, you know, since 2014, adoption of the high deductible health plan has gradually gone up. And with that has come an increasing kind of burden on the employee to finance their own health. And so I think there's been this this very direct correlation between the adoption of the high deductible health plan and the need for the voluntary benefit. However, the voluntary benefit isn't isn't something that we grew up with as a society in, in a lot of cases, right? I can't call my my dad like a lot of millennials do and ask him whether I should enroll in hospital indemnity insurance uh, because he hasn't heard of it, right? So the, the, the first kind of trend is that employers are now seeing the need for the voluntary benefit more and more. And with that, I think comes the need for a technology like NIAS that can help explain and be that in a consumer layer that helps employees make the connective or connect the dots between the major medical plan that they're enrolling in and all the other voluntary benefits that kind of complement or customize that major medical plan to create that bundle. So that's the first thing. The second thing around engagement, I think it's really important to meet the employees where they are. And what I mean by that is gray collar groups, blue collar groups are typically not using, you know, a desktop or a laptop to enroll in benefits. No, they're not on email all day long. Yeah, exactly. They're not on email. And so you need to meet meet, meet the employee where, where they are. And so whether that's building a mobile responsive web experience or texting them instead of emailing them, you know, making making whatever you're offering or making your communications accessible to all types of employees, I think is super important. Uh, one of the programs we recently launched was engagement via text. So when we do, you know, launch an open enrollment or or we deploy our technology, a lot of employees are learning about it for the first time through a text message or a QR code that's, you know, in the cafeteria. We've seen the kind of rebirth of the QR code uh, unexpectedly. And, you know, I think it's here to stay. So we use QR codes, we use text messaging to really engage the employee where they are. And I think that's something that that brokers and employers could totally could totally do as well. 
Yeah. I so appreciate your first point there about needing a way to connect the dots, especially as more and more voluntary benefits become available. That's something that we've definitely seen because the the idea with Brella is to to put it alongside your health plan and let Brella cover, you know, and pay you what you're going to end up owing. And so you can tailor those benefit amounts to exactly the gap that that's there from your your deductible and employers are seeing such value in that that they're actually not even treating it like voluntary benefit some of them are just funding it outright because it actually is such a great complement to the health plan that but again from an enrollment perspective you have to see those things together so that you can feel comfortable with what your primary medical insurance is going to be you know maybe those voluntary or supplemental tools and coverages end up changing what you would have chosen for your primary major medical plan. And that can unlock some savings for employees who I know really need that in some cases. So I really appreciate what you guys are doing there. And yeah, it's so true that we need to personalize our communications. It, that's something that has always been true, but is especially true now. And we've, we've spoken a lot on this show about how we have actually five generations in today's workforce it's not just millennials and gen z and you know we we have people working older and later in their life than we ever did before and so what that means is you've got generational preferences as well as the sort of work format does this person work at a desk all day there are certain ways you can communicate with them but others who work in multi-site or on client locations their communication channels are really different so i love what you guys are doing about sort of diversifying what those communication pathways could be i think um in particular the text message and mobile solutions is really interesting and and who would have thought that like this pandemic would the two things that would have really you know spiked out of it are telemedicine and the qr code <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty ironic. You know, going back to the, the voluntary benefits specifically, and, you know, it sounds like you agree that there is this need to create the connective tissue in the employee's mind around the major medical decision they make and the other benefits that complement that decision. You know, the, the two pieces of pushback we heard through our broker partners from employers around adopting voluntary benefits was number one, employers didn't think employees would know to enroll in those benefits or why they would need to enroll in them. And then number two was that if, in fact, the employee did enroll in it, they wouldn't know when to file a claim and when to actually, you know, receive the benefit of that voluntary benefit. And so to the first point, you know, we built our technology, we built our Choose product to really span across all of the benefits and, and again, provide that bundled recommendation. So it's kind of like, you know, we're, we're, we're doing all of the, the what-if analysis and providing the employee with, with a bundled recommendation across all the products. And then what we do throughout the year, in addition to what I was talking about in terms of provider steerage, uh, is we actually study each of the employees' claims. And every time we've identified a potential opportunity for them to file a benefit or file a claim against one of their voluntary products, we will proactively nudge them. And so that is actually a patented technology as of today that Naya has brought to, to the space where when the employee joins our use product or engages with our use product, they're connecting in their claims data and we're constantly scanning each claim by their ICD-10 code or ICD-9 code and making machine learning-based inferences on when they could file an accident claim if they went to the orthopedist for a sprained neck, for instance, we'll send them a nudge. Yeah. Right, right. 
That's fascinating. And so exciting for Brella too, because we trigger benefits based on ICD-10 code. So it doesn't have to be an accident. I don't care if you were hospitalized or whatever else happened to you in your treatment. We don't have any rules like that. So it's pretty easy to see from claims data how the benefit would pay. So that's fascinating. I know this is we're so cut from the same cloth as as organizations. Our one of our tricks has been allowing users in our mobile app to indicate what their some preferred locations for emergency care so that if we find that they have walked into the the local hospital, we can remind them if you need to file a claim, we're here, you know, um, because it's a huge effort and it's so important that people get the value out of the plan. And as a voluntary or supplemental carrier, I I just want to like say for the record, like we really want to pay claims because that means somebody is getting the value out of the product that they purchased. And our whole company is built around how do we say yes to claims. So I think that's really exciting. Yeah, that's that's fascinating stuff. And, and it's certainly really interesting how you can use location data to you know, uh, encourage some sort of behavior where, where we see a world in which the voluntary benefit, the supplemental benefit claim submission process is not too dissimilar from the claim submission process for auto claims. I recently got into a fender bender. I hit my dad's car and I needed to file a claim to his Geico um, insurance. And I basically took a picture of the fender and I said, this is where I got into an accident. And in about 24 hours, I had, you know, my dad had the, the ACH in his account. And it was really that simple. And so we see a world in which the voluntary benefit and all benefits really are just seamlessly fitting into people's lives just like it has in, in other industries. It, it's so interesting that for, you know, for as long as we've remembered, insurance, health insurance at least, has been so integrated with providers that we forget sometimes that you know, these, these voluntary benefits actually require us to take some sort of action. And so I think, I think in the combination of what you're doing and, and the combination of what our vision is, is really where the space is going to go. Yeah, absolutely. And where possible, if you can do it behind the scenes, the way that major medical does, the provider submits the claim and everything is taken care of and you get a statement of your explanation of benefits. I would love someday for us to be able to pay claims that way because then the user doesn't have to do anything. They just get paid. They just get money in the mail or or digitally by Venmo, PayPal, direct deposit, whatever it is. That would be awesome. So I did want to ask you when it comes to how you're thinking about what's next, where is Naya headed? I mean, when you look in your crystal ball and you're thinking about how you want the product to evolve, what do you what do you see? Yeah, it's a really good question. And it's a question that I personally spend a lot of time thinking about. When I think about like a lot of the innovations that have taken place in the space over the last five or six years, I think companies have positioned themselves around a competitive advantage of having better access to data or you know, some sort of privileged access to provider data that no one else has, and therefore, you know, they can affect some sort of change or better access to pharmacy benefits so that they can, for instance, reduce the cost of you know, running a, a PBM program. Naya is a company that doesn't necessarily view data as a competitive advantage. We instead view it as kind of a commodity. We think everyone's going to have great access to data over time. And so our competitive advantage is always going to be around engagement and the ability to be very personal to employees and actually get them to take the steps necessary to change their behaviors. So I think over time, you'll see us going deeper and deeper into the problems we're already solving, potentially getting into the payment space so that we're not only 
the front end for how an employee, or we're not only a front, the front end for how one understands, you know, how to manage their benefits and, and their finances, we're also the, the backend payments application for how they're doing that and how we use the combination of those two things to create incentives and engagement, for instance, is something that, that we're constantly wrapping our, our minds around. So that's a little bit into, into our roadmap. But one thing that I think will always stay constant is our, our desire to be a company that engages employees and not a company that you know, positions itself around you know, better access to data that nobody else has, for instance. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's so right because you're right. Data is everywhere and it will only be increasingly more the case. So it's the hard part is not getting the data anymore. And the hard part is how you apply the data to actually solve someone's problem. And that's one of the reasons that, you know, we take a really human-centered design approach when we think about our product design for the insurance product. And it was really about wasn't just like, gosh, what could we do with all these ICD-10 codes? It was about, oh, the real problem today is that the average family would have to borrow to cover an unexpected $1,000 expense. And yet the average deductible for an individual with employer-sponsored health insurance is $1,600 and even higher for families. So every health issue is an opportunity to drain your savings, have to pay an unexpected huge amount of money that goes on the credit card. And it's a financial shock over and over again. It's not the big catastrophic things. And it's not the primary care things. It's the stuff in the middle that is setting everybody back constantly. And how can we fix that? Okay. Then we designed a solution. And so I love what you're saying because it, it really is about, are you really solving someone's problem? And are you doing that in an, an extremely personalized way? I think that'll bring you guys a lot of success. Yeah, we're super excited. We're super excited to be on this journey alongside Brella. We totally love what you guys are doing and what your vision is as well. You know, at the end of the day, insurance is just a way to create predictability. And the amount of predictability somebody needs is very much a byproduct of, you know, their health and who they're covering and and how their lifestyle is, but also, you know, what their economic situation might be at home. Yeah, their financials. Exactly. And so the the voluntary benefit is and I, I don't mean to harp on the voluntary benefit so much, but we're just so passionate about it. It's such a great way to personalize your insurance to fit your specific needs. You know, we grew up in the in the day and age of Chipotle, where you can build your bowl exactly how you want it. And I think like I think this is just a continuation of that same mindset. That's right. And it's so much more affordable to do it with supplemental benefits than it is to choose the richest health insurance plan that is just astronomically expensive. So I think this is exciting because essentially what's happening is there only used to be two levers, your premium and your deductible. And now we're saying there's a third lever. You can have you know, a lower premium, a higher deductible, but more cash coming into the picture for less. So you're getting, instead of putting money in an HSA where you get dollar for dollar back out, you can put money in a supplemental plan and get leverage out of that cash coming back into the picture, which makes a really big difference for a family, especially when they're trying to recover from a health issue. Yeah. And and I think it makes not only a difference to the family, but it also makes a difference to the employer that can now maybe allocate those benefits dollars into another program that enriches the employee's life. It benefits the broker that can now you know, go to market in a, in a much different way. And it also helps the insurance carrier as well. So it's really, I think it's, it's altruistic in a lot of ways, which you don't oftentimes see nowadays. So yeah, 
Well, this has been an awesome conversation. Before I let you go, I do have one more question that I ask all of our guests, and that is in your own personal professional growth story, I'm wondering if there's a book or a resource that you would recommend to our listeners that that had a really big impact on you. Yeah, definitely. I think one of the books that I refer to all the time is Good to Great by Jim Collins. It it's a really well thought and empirically driven study into what makes good companies great. And it's broken down into bite-sized pieces that are easy to consume and 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 quite frankly very memorable as well. But what I think was most interesting to me about the book was not necessarily how I apply it to my day-to-day business life, but how many corollaries there are to you know what makes good businesses great, you know, corollaries to your own personal life as well. So I definitely recommend uh, Good to Great by by Jim Collins. Awesome. How about you? Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I have to think about that. No one ever turned the tables on me before. (laughs) I'm going to get back to you on that. Okay. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much, Amon. It's been great to have you with us. I want to let folks know that if you'd like to connect with Amon and the team at Naya, you can visit their website at naya.com. That's Naya with two Ys. So N-A-Y-Y-A. And I'm going to add a link to that as well as a link to the book that he mentioned to our show notes, which you can find at joinbrella.com slash podcast. If you want to get in touch with Brella or our team, you have a question for us, you can contact us through our website at joinbrella.com. We'll get back to you right away. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe to the Better Benefits newsletters so that you can be up to date on everything that's going on here. As always, thank you for listening. Visit joinbrella.com slash podcast for notes from today's show. And if you liked the episode, share it with a colleague. This helps us spread the word. Be sure to subscribe or follow in your favorite podcast player so you don't miss our next episode. And that's a wrap. This is Laura Cave and Mike Zarillo from the Better Benefits Podcast. Thanks for listening and have a great week.